Guys. And ladies. Hello. And non-binary people. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody in between. Hello. Everybody. Everybody's welcome here. Uh, welcome to the little podcast of horrors. And uh, happy Halloween, everybody. Ooh, it's, happy Halloween. It's, it's, it's about Halloween time. Uh, by the time you're listening to this episode, yes, uh, yes, Halloween is next week. Close so. enough. <laughs> Close enough. I mean, October little podcast of horrors. We Halloween. don't stop celebrating Halloween, so we don't start either. It's just always here. Yeah, man. It's like, <laughs> I mean, yeah this this year Halloween's on a Tuesday. Lame. Tuesdays but, aren't uh, very scary. No, they're not. They're just like Monday times two. More like but Halloween. Yeah. It's like, uh although Badanaween. Taco Tuesday. Oh, oh yeah. Taco tacos Ween. sounds so good. Mm, God, I'd they go do. Tacos. I would I'm definitely really go for that's what we're gonna do, I think. We'll go trick-or-treating with the kids, and then afterwards have some tacos. Everybody should get so, so good. tacos when trick-or-treating on a Tuesday. I know. It would be amazing. It would be. Well, welcome, guys, uh, to Little Podcast of Horrors. Um, as always, I'm the man. The myth. The myth. <laughs> and that's it. I mean, I'm, I'm just like, does, does, is he Legends real? Legends push. <laughs> it's kind of, it's really myth. pushing it like, Legend, I mean, and a myth fit pretty well. It's just the legend that's like <laughs> got to stretch for that one a little bit. Um, I'm Chris, I'm Christina. You know, sometimes his James, his James, as James, yeah. I have everybody, been known everybody, to refers answer to, James. to that name. Everybody, everybody that knows him refers to him as James or um, Jameson. Yeah. Or Jameson. Or 00. What was that one teacher in high school? Mr. Panetti. He called everybody Mr. and Mrs. Like it didn't matter who you were. He'd be like, we were in and we were in that class and now I can't remember his name. But he'd be like, Mr. Tripp, Mr. Panetti. Be like, not my dad. So Alrighty, so, well, oh, what? Uh, I froze. What Don't are we freeze. drinking? That's what I was oh. going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say since somebody's going to get all pissy about it if I go first. It's the oopsie doopsie again with this pinky sticking out. <laughs> Let it go. That was the last episode of this time. I moved on. What did What'd you move you... on to drinking? Same thing I was drinking last time bourbon i'm actually having come back to us Chris. four i'm having four <laughs> roses bourbon oh i love four roses i love it four roses it's got that robust flavor it's really smooth and then it just right at the end it has that little bit of a kick and it's like 
Mm. Does the trick every time. I'm still drinking Blue Wing from Flyway Brewery. A delicious blueberry type beer. Cool. James, share with us your amazing alcoholic beverage that you are enjoying this evening. So I'm drinking what's called a pumpkin spice temptress. So so for some context, one of my all-time favorite breweries out here in the DFW is Lakewood. And they have long done this uh, an entire series of beers called the Temptress uh, series. It's called the Temptress, and there's like a million varieties of it. Uh, the Temptress will go with anything. So it, uh, the core Temptress, if you just get a Temptress with nothing fancy in the title, it's a milk stout. But there's a million variations. So there's like a mint Temptress called Sin Mint. There's a double stuffed temptress there's a double chocolate temptress like anything you can think of there's probably a temptress throat so for october i've got a pumpkin spice temptress and it is yummy legit it sounds good mm. pumpkin spice temptress that's often what i refer to to my wife <laughs> for those who don't know i married a ginger mm. <laughs> it's the best decision i ever made for those of you who don't know he's married to a pumpkin <laughs> it's weird we've tried to have an intervention and it's just we've given up. i'm not giving up i'm not giving her up <laughs> i want those seeds in and around my mouth oh my god <laughs> oh gosh what's that is that the sound of our listenership plummeting <laughs> plummeting or tooting in <laughs> Well, kids, uh, for our special Halloween episode, um, you get us. You get us. <laughs> and I was lucky enough to be the one that is hosting today's episode. Um, before we begin, uh, in all seriousness, I will probably not be making any jokes at all during the story, um, just because of the tragic nature of the story. And it is ripe with tragedy happy halloween everybody happy halloween Halloween. but it it still ends with a ghost story so okay sweet um so but yes uh there are depictions of massive lives lost in horrific ways so viewer discretion is advised or listener discretion is advised so come for the depression stay for the ghost so with that said (laughs) Has uh, anybody ever heard of the Morrow Castle? The Morrow Castle? Like tomorrow? No, just it's called. (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and assume. No, you have not. So the Mm -hmm. Morrow Castle was a ship. And. Oh, well, that's misleading. I know, uh... but that was the name of it. It was called the Morrow Castle, the SS Morrow Castle. Now. We've we're familiar with a lot of tragedies on the sea. Everybody knows about the Titanic. Um, we've all seen the movie SS half a million times. Get it again, dang it. What? The orangmadang. <laughs> we did an episode about the So we've all seen the movie Titanic half a million times. Some of us cried even during that film, James. Um, 
it's okay, man. Don't be ashamed. I mean, um, there are definitely movies I cry in. It's just not not that one. But what's interesting to me is so many people have never heard of the Morrow Castle. And while if you were to compare it to the Titanic or so many other losses uh, at sea, it it it's not that high up there. But still, it is probably, in a lot of ways, one of the most, it's one of the most horrific stories of any kind of sea time disaster. Not so much about the loss of life, but the manner in which the life was lost and just the stories that came out of that. Um, so with that, let me begin. It was in the early morning of September the 8th, 1934, just off the coast of Asbury Park, New Jersey, when a single SOS was sent out to all nearby ships from the SS Morrow Castle. Now, among the ships who received this message were the Andrea F. Luckenbach, the Monarch of Bermuda, and the city of Savannah. These are ships. All three changed course and began steaming as fast as possible to the location of the Morrow Castle. The message? The Morrow Castle was ablaze, and it concluded by saying, We can't hold on much longer. Oh. And this would be the final message from her. Unfortunately, the ships wouldn't arrive for another two and a half hours, and by then... The ship was on fire from bow to stern. And by the time it was all over, the loss of life was incalculable. But let's go ahead and go back a little ways. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad to see at least there was a time where there was there was a degree of kindness in Jersey. And they weren't all just responding, hey, I'm floating here. I know, right? Well, <laughs> the really quick, though, uh, the following months, the investigation would uncover a history of drug smuggling, gun running, and possible Damn. murder of the captain on the night of the fire. So let's go back a little ways, though. The Morrow Castle, it began its life when in construction began in January 1929, and it was completed in March the following year. Her accommodation was 489 in first class and 240 in tourist and crew. Her main voyage was on August the 23rd, 1930, where she completed an over 2,200-mile trip in just five days. Now, even while the Great Depression was going on, the ship continued to enjoy financial success, due in large part to affordable legal means of imbibing alcohol on the ship. Because this, this, oh. this is during Prohibition. And yeah. so this was one place like you could get your booze. And so, I mean, so when about was the whole Titanic thing? Titanic was in 1912. Oh, okay. So, so I guess yeah. just the early 1900s was a, just a bad time to have a boat. I guess there was a lot of, I mean, like the Titanic, in fact, the Titanic and her sister ship, the Britannic both sank. Uh, the Britannic was actually a uh, hospital ship and it struck a water mine and sank. But yeah, um, unfortunately, there was quite a few 
maritime disasters in the early 20th century. But like I said, this was this was not something I have no words for this. Um, Yay! Yeah, strap in, everybody. Yeah, strap mm-hmm. in. So while it may have been all fun for the guests, the same unfortunately could not be said about the crew, working long hours and very and receiving very poor wages. Many took part in smuggling drugs and immigrants to help ends meet. This ship would go from Cuba to America and back. This was its route. And because of the fact of the working conditions, this led to a high turnover rate, which led often to the ship leaving the harbor only partially staffed to keep things on schedule. The captain of the ship, that was Robert Wilmot, and he was known to ignore safety regulations in order to not inconvenience the passengers lifeboat drills were skipped and even had several fire hydrant hoses disconnected when one passenger tripped over one he even turned off the smoke detector system of the entire (laughs) ship believing they would go off repeatedly due to cargo fumes so wow. OSHA was not What? OSHA was clearly not aboard. No. It should also be taken into account that the ship itself was decorated with veneered wooden surfaces and glued ply paneling. With all of this, it would seem the ship was a disaster just waiting to happen. So And they're like, what could possibly go wrong? Yeah. All right. You know what's super inconvenient? The whole ship going up in flames and not having lifeboats. Well, it's funny <laughs> that James... Not lifeboats, but not having the was... drill to know what to do. Well, it's like, interesting... that's super inconvenient. It's interesting that James put it like, what could go wrong? By the end of this, you're going to ask, what couldn't go wrong? Like, it seemed in this situation, everything that could go wrong went wrong in the worst possible way. Um, her final fateful voyage would begin on September the 5th, 1934, when the Morrow Castle left Havana Harbor. Aboard her, 549 passengers and crew. During this voyage, the weather would turn bad, and the ship was rocked and slammed by strong waves, high winds, and rain. Now, while stormy seas were something every ship's crew faced... What came next was something completely new. On the evening of September 7th, Captain Wilmot was found dead in his cabin. He had complained, yeah, he had complained earlier of stomach pains after dinner. Now, the ship doctor ruled the death a heart attack, but many of the crew were not convinced, as they recalled the captain stating that he believed someone on board was planning on murdering him. A radical and dirty communist, as he put it. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, and with the death of the captain, <laughs> this placed Chief Officer William Worms, uh, Worms, like W-A-R-M-S, in command of the ship. His command, however, would be very short-lived, as things went bad, went from bad to worse. Now, it was now the morning of September the 8th, 
at around 2.45 a.m. when the smell of smoke is first reported by a first-class passenger. A small fire was located in a storage room in the first-class writing room located on B-deck. Instead of sounding the general alarm, the night watchman who discovered the fire thought it could be contained. This, of course, would prove to be a fatal error. Within just 20 minutes, the fire burned through the main electrical cables, cutting all lights on the Morrow Castle, and power to the radio, which is why only two messages were sent. Worms had attempted to beach the ship, but without but with the power cut off, the wheelhouse lost the ability to steer the ship. This was combined with the growing need to abandon ship and load the lifeboats. So at this point, uh, Worms gave up he, as far as like trying to beach the ship. And so he abandoned post in the sense of <laughs> focusing on basically getting people off the ship. But unfortunately... Yeah. So, um, it's fine. Everything's fine. Nothing to see here. Yeah, no. Um, so passengers were awakened by suffocating smoke filling their cabins. Oh, hey, my favorite way to wake up. I know. Um, they were confused and half awake. These passengers gathered at the bow and stern of the ship. The fire now completely out of control and with the deck boards hot to the touch, many of the crew simply abandoned the passengers <clears throat> in an effort to save themselves. Yeah. Out of the ship's 12 lifeboat, lifeboats, only six made it to the water. Many women had gathered on the port side of the ship, and it was here that those who would survive the night witnessed many of them burned to death oh yeah so there not was a party until everybody starts burning to death yeah there were some yeah people who were still on the on the deck of the ship like they they witnessed the stuff of nightmares these poor innocent people just engulfed in flames right in front of them but the worst but even that passengers began jumping from the ship to save themselves but ended up drowning before any could reach the shore due to the high waves created by the poor Aww. weather. And even those with life preservers found themselves knocked unconscious or even their necks being broken by the impacts of by the impact of the vests they thought would save them. Because these oh. vests they used cork. And so the impact of jumping from the ship into the sea caused oh my severe could have caused severe injuries I can't talk caused severe injury injuries and death and given the timestamp that we're at given the timestamp that we're at it's going to escalate from here kind of yeah more or less the horror is just going to continue um like now you remember cuz you remember I stated earlier many ships would arrive but they wouldn't arrive till like 6 a.m. And smaller vessels would come later in an effort to save those still in the water. But it was almost impossible to see anyone because of the weather. And so due to this, many found themselves in the water for hours, 
trying desperately to reach the shore, many of which did not succeed. Um, For those who did survive, their time in the sea were witness to death all around them, many being people they knew personally. Uh, One such heartbreaking story was of a married couple, Mr. and Mrs. Brady. They were one of five married couples who jumped from the ship hand in hand in an attempt to swim to shore. They were in the sea for over seven hours with only one jacket between them. (gasps) Mrs. Brady attempted to keep her exhausted husband afloat, but eventually he would push her off and told her to save herself. Oh. She would be rescued only minutes (gasps) later. Seven hours. Seven hours. And he missed living by just a few minutes. That's when I got to that point in the story, I had to stop with my research and writing. I had to take a bit just to like have a quiet moment to think about that. On or off the ship, death seemed almost certain, either by fire or water. It was just, it was the night of just complete tragedy. By the morning, the ship was completely abandoned. The burning cruise liner drifted ashore, eventually running aground in shallow water just a hundred yards off Asbury Park, New Jersey. The fire would continue to burn for several more days, and by the time it was all over, 135 passengers and crew out of 549 had perished. Damn. So, so I'm looking at some some pictures of it. So there are a lot. Zoom, given what I'm looking at, what you've said, it didn't seak. Like it just rolled in billowing smoke. It never sank. Yeah, it like never what was left of it basically. It never sank. Um, and if you look, if you keep looking for, it, you'll see postcards. Because the thing about this, remember, as I stated earlier, so this is not only during prohibition. But this is also during the Great Depression. Yeah. Asbury Park had been struggling for years. This tragedy helped put Asbury Park on the map because it became a tourist attraction. Um, Oh, good. Oh, yeah. The ship itself, it was declared a loss, yet it would become a brief tourist attraction as the ship would not be hauled away for six months. It sat there. For six months. Hey, you want to know what I want to do this weekend? Let's take the kids to this dead husk of a ship where everybody died horribly. Be a great time. I kid you not. While bodies were still washing ashore from what I read. These are bodies still washing ashore. There were people charging tourists to come and see. What the hell? Oh, gross. That's Um, demented. Yeah, as bodies continued to wash ashore, people were already arriving to see the doomed ship. Um, Anybody that remained on the ship, that's the other thing, it gets worse, would do so for some time to the point that people on the shore began to complain of the foul odor of the decomposing bodies reaching the shoreline. I could not find in my research, any conclusive information of how long the bodies remained on the ship before they were all properly removed. But any answer equates to long enough. 
Yeah. I would I would say it would equate equate to too long. Yeah, exactly. Yes. So now what caused the fire itself? That's still a mystery. Um, it's just one of several that night. You guys remember now the captain's death seemed to be the first domino falling in a long line of tragic tragic events that led to one of the most horrific tragedies on the sea. Now the captain had been with the ship since its first voyage. His death just six hours prior on the last night of the voyage had led to a cancellation of all entertainment on board, which is why most were asleep when the fire broke out. Had it not been for the captain's mysterious death, festivities would have been rampant. Many would have been awake, and perhaps the night's horrible events would not have unfolded as they did. This is your first officer speaking. All events tonight have been canceled because the captain is dead. Yeah. Well, and uh, to add even more mystery, we'll never know for certain what the cause of death was for the captain. Ask me why. Why? Oh, I'm glad you asked that. Um, I'm not. Really quick, just so we're clear, I found conflicting reports that the body either disappeared in transit to be tested or was destroyed by the coroner after finding nothing nothing due to the body being too badly burned. How many folks did this guy piss off? I don't know, but that was the thing. Some reports said the body was completely lost, but I found an obituary for the captain in the New York Times, and it's listed that his grave is in Greenwood Cemetery, located in Brooklyn, New York. But is he actually in it? Yeah. I don't know. Because once again, I found it was just completely conflicting. Several Mm -hmm. articles said his body was lost. One article said, well, the body was destroyed after not finding anything. However, it should be noted in the article, they said we they believed this was the captain's body as it was amongst so many. You had a lot to choose from. Yeah, Yeah. Burned beyond recognition. So I don't know. And this actually now brings us to the next mystery. We come to the chief radio operator, George White Rogers. He's one of the few crewmen who stayed aboard the ship. He's like, this is Roger. Roger? <laughs> yeah. What did you uh, say, Roger? Twice, Roger. No, no, no. It's, it's <laughs> Roger. I'm just saying Roger. Roger. And then like yeah. a whole thing happens and it's a lot funnier than the story is. He was actually one of the few crewmen who stayed aboard the ship which led to him being heralded as a hero in the media. So it's like, oh, what a good guy. Yay. Nope. But. But, dot, dot, dot. It was soon revealed by other crew members that they believed he was the one who may have started the fire. Oh. So it's like even the guy that's heralded a hero turns out to be possibly the villain. Um, And the reason is, is that this belief, it gained traction when it was discovered that Rogers was a suspect in a previous arson case with a former employer before signing on with Morrow Castle. 
Oh, that's not good. It gets worse, like everything in this story. Rogers had also spoken with the captain the night he died. And as you may recall, I stated earlier that the captain had made comments about someone was going to try and kill him. Also noted, it was discovered that years prior to this, Rogers poisoned the dog of his ex-wife, which led some to wonder if he did the same to Captain Wilmont. Oh my god. Yeah. But, due to a lack of evidence, with the previous arson case and unable to find any viable proof the captain was murdered, Rogers was never investigated for the Morrow Castle fire. But that's not the end of his story. It gets <laughs> worse. He went on to open a radio repair shop. Guess what happened to it? It burned down. The shop burned down under mysterious circumstances. Seeing a theme here? Like, you're just seeing something mm -hmm. kind of like, I don't know. Yeah. Um. Later, he actually went to work for the police department as a radio assistant. Now, it's here that Lieutenant Vincent Doyle, who was Roger's supervisor, became suspicious of him when he learned of his connection to the Morrow Castle and began questioning his involvement. Now, because of this, Rogers attempted to murder Doyle by sending him a fish tank heater with instructions on how to repair it. Apparently, this was common as people often left projects like this around for Doyle and Rogers, who often enjoyed repairing electronics. They were very electronically sound-minded, so they... This is something they kind of, it was common. They'd be like, hey, here's a gadget, you know, like, see if you could fix this. And both Rogers okay. and Doyle would Points do this. for creativity? Well, um, when he plugged the heater in, it exploded due to the fact that it was loaded with TNT. Because TNT and plugs don't mix. I mean, I mean, that's by exploding TNT-laced fish tank heater. I know, right? Now you gotta you gotta respect the effort. Yeah. Now, luckily, Doyle survived, and the evidence, of course, all pointed towards Rogers. He ended up being sentenced to twelve to twenty years in prison. But it doesn't end. And then the prison there. burned down. I know, right? No. <laughs> right. Um, he was actually released when World War II started, and he was drafted into service. By the okay. Germans. No, yeah, no, right? <laughs> yeah. And it... Are you ready for what I'm about to say? Are you ready? It's worse. It the gets worse. Because <laughs> after the war, he eventually ended up back in prison. For, can you guess? Arson. No. <gasps> worse. Poison. And decent exposure? Mm-hmm murder uh, but he murdered his neighbor and the neighbor's daughter with a sledgehammer over money oh. rogers owed him and eventually he would die in prison in 1954 leaving many to wonder although i don't think that many if he was the cause of the fire aboard the morrow castle that's nah. crazy now if he was 
he took the secret to his grave. But pretty convinced he's the reason that it burned down. I'm also pretty convinced he's the one that killed the captain. Like, come on. Really? Like, this guy's at the heart of, like, like, like one murder attempt, one full-fledged murder, and three mysterious fires? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think the the missing piece that that will tie all this together and confirm if he murdered the captain is did the ship have any fish tanks? No. <laughs> I, I I think it's still a mystery, man. Detective James. The guy had an MO. I'm just saying. No, he killed people with sledgehammer later. Like he didn't actually with the well, murder. Well, that was part. years later. I mean, you know, he's no, been doing with the murder part. Oh, he's been losing it, kind of losing his thing. You his know, only solid pattern was his arson, which is like, you know, an arsonist typically is like a repeat offender over and over again, right? I choose but- to believe he's the fish tank killer. Yeah. You know what? That's we're gonna call him. you're the fish tank killer. Fish tank killer. <laughs> that's that's that is that's just the, the saddest little term. But as far as the case it goes, that's where we end as far as the Morrow Castle, the ship itself. Now, uh one thing to note on the anniversary just last year, um, further up shore, they ended up discovering the Morrow Castle's anchor. Um, they pulled it ashore. And it was oh, on wow. sept- and it was found on September the eighth, the anniversary of the ship's uh, tragedy. Dude. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that your birthday? Yeah. And that's the other <laughs> thing that drew me to this. My birthday, ladies and gentlemen, is September the eighth. Um, I'm sending so, you a fish tank next birthday. Whoa. Well, I would. Happy I would take birthday! Your... Here's a fish tank. You're I'm not plugging it in. Well, it wasn't a fish tank. It was a fish tank heater. Well, where do you find a fish tank heater? In a fish tank. In a fish tank. Come so, on. Now the ship itself was hauled away for scrap. We don't know what at, happened to it after that. We don't know if it, if any parts were used in other ships or if it was just all were scrapped and recycled to something else we're not sure um i do know that in the process of uh transporting it at one point they had to kind of stop it from sinking a little bit because from what i read the part of the ship was kind of starting to go down and they had to pull it back up a little bit to get it to where it needed to be so now if you guys remember i said that the story ends with a ghost story. Yeah. So all these bodies as they're coming ashore that day and for days after washing ashore, they uh, had to have some place to place them. So these bodies ended up being stacked in buildings all along Asbury Park. And as I said before, you know, you know, like talking about Rogers, you know, he he took his secrets to his grave, but it seems though not all who died that day have remained silent in theirs. Located in Asbury Park is the Paramount Theater and Convention Center. Opening in 1927, it stands right where the Morrow Castle ran aground in 1934 and has been plagued, or it has been reported to be plagued with paranormal activity. And when I say, you know, right where the Morrow Castle ran aground, as in like just outside, like like, if you were to go back in time and stand there in 1934 and look out the window, 
There's the Marl Castle. You'd see the Marl Castle right there. The smoldering remains of it. You um, know, given how many people have died, especially from big shipwreckings of this sort, I wonder how much of like the deep sea is haunted and how bored those ghosts must be. <laughs> that sounds horrible to haunt the ocean like that. That's horrible. What? That'd be the worst place to haunt. It's like, oh, crap, it's just fish. Nightmare. And the fish look creepier than I am. <laughs> it's a nightmare. Yeah, I've wondered that too. And that may be something I explore later because I have come across haunt people who believed shipwrecks are haunted. Certain certain encounters that have happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I see that tongue-in-cheek, but I also do kind of actually wonder. Yeah. This, though, shadow figures have been seen in the seats darting around corners and even more frighteningly one of the lighting directors encountered a shadow figure on the stage itself which went over the top and engulfed the whole stage before going into a wall where someone on the other side was then grabbed by some unseen hand so this guy watched this shadow figure just stretch and then engulf the whole stage but then contract and then went right into the like the wall and then like he said 30 seconds later this guy comes running out and he's like something just grabbed me so this event was so freaking tragic that ghosts just don't cut it this leveled up to freaking shadow people which Mm -hmm. like kind of makes sense given that you know, shadow people tend to be associated with dread and, and death and whatnot. And that's clearly in spades in that location. So, well, yeah. the problem is, is we we can't know for certain because there have been other deaths on the property. Some tragic, um, not to mention there's been it's it's, you know, like any place, especially places of, you know, that are old, you know, there's tragedy all along. Asbury Park murders, unexplained murders, fires. Um, Now, what gives it credence a little bit? There was actually an investigation by a show on the Discovery Channel called Kindred Spirits. They caught a shadow figure on tape. And while doing a spirit box investigation, and to explain what this is, when they they do these, these spirit box investigations, and I've seen it several times, it involves usually two or three people and they separate. There is one person who will ask the questions. He or she is not on microphone. They're not connected anyway. They are just on their own somewhere in the building and they start to ask questions. And then whoever one or two people in this case, I believe it was two people, they, uh, wherever they are, which is not in the, in the vicinity of the person asking the questions, they have headphones on and they're hearing the static. And as they hear any kind of response, they'll say it out loud. Um, They'll hear like a single word. They'll hear phrases, that sort of thing. Um, So just to explain what this kind of investigation, you know, involves while doing this investigation, a voice stated they left us when asked if they were any of the people who died on the Morrow Castle. Mm -hmm. And specifically, he asked, were you part of the crew? And then the young woman, she's down by the beach. 
She's not like he's inside. He's inside the auditorium. He's on the stage. She's down there by the beach. And as soon as he asks that, she she gets the response. They left us. And as you recall, mm-hmm. a lot of the crew abandoned these Bounced. people to save themselves. Um, there have been disembodied voices, screams, reports of people being pushed, scratch. The reports go on and on. But the biggest thing is the shadow people. Another one of the responses um, by the other member who was listening when asked, are you any of these people? He got the response or he started naming off names. And these are people who had, who did not survive. Um, the gentleman got the response all dead. I watched that episode. I really like kindred spirits. Didn't they also get um, some EVP? Yeah. Um, at the beach too. So it was like not just the spirit box, but they also got some EVP or something. Yeah. They got EVPs. They got video. Um, they got everything. Um, uh, so, so it kind of means there's, there's ghosts and shadow people because shadow people are not human. We don't know what they are. It's like, we can only um, speculate. We don't know what they are. I mean, they could be people, they could be something else. Well, from, from when we did the shadow people episode, like all, Oh yeah. But everything we have so far kind of points to they, they there's, there's nothing that suggests at least that we know of that they're here. They, they see the whole inhumanness is part of their defining quality. Right. So it's like, if there's that and ghosts, like you got like all the things going on. Yeah. It was a horrible turn of events that still seems to be get, that still seems to replay today. And and it goes on and on. I would actually very much be interested in. I've always wanted to go to the East Coast, but this is definitely a place now that I would like to go and visit. They've got a museum that is about the Morrow Castle, and the thing is, it's not just the Morrow Castle. It's around the same area where the Morrow Castle had its tragedy. There was another ship wreck that happened about about almost a hundred years prior, almost in the same spot. Um, so yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, that is where I conclude my story as far as the Morrow Castle goes. As I said, it remains an unsolved mystery today and the boardwalk on Asbury Park is still believed it's still ripe with paranormal activity. And it's not just the theater, other buildings, especially buildings that housed, bodies from the morrow castle itself i mean same thing there people reporting voices seeing apparitions people being scratched um burning like they feel like one person talked about uh a burning sensation on their arm which i mean morrow castle fire so how how is this not a better known story because this Sounds pretty darn up there as far as sea tragedies get modern. That's kind of what you know, I was wondering. Fairly modern sea tragedies go. My best guess is because you can't romanticize it. Like what the you... Titanic stage hog. Yeah, like when you think about the Titanic, you think about like the band kept playing and, you know, and like mm-hmm. Isidore Strauss nope, and his wife. Is, everything sucks. Refusing to leave each other. And like this story, like. Nobody's going to come out of watching a movie about the Morrow Castle in a good mood. Like, you're just going to feel un... 
wholly depressed. Because it's like anybody that did survive was just, they were just witness to just horror. Absolute horror. It's like you're on the boat, you're watching people burn to death. You're in the water, you're watching people drown right in front of you. Couples losing each other. People breaking their necks just trying to jump from the boat. Watching them just sink and disappear under the ocean. It, it, it just it didn't stop, it seemed. And, and it was preventable. And it was preventable. Like, none of these people had to die. None of them. Like, it was just like anything that could go wrong went wrong. This started off as like a small little fire that could have been stopped. It could have been contained. Shouldn't have even been started, especially if it was Rogers doing it. The captain dying. And it's the, and not only that, it's the last day of the trip. This didn't start in the middle or at the beginning. It had one day to go before all those people would have walked off that ship, but instead they well, died. Is that why he might have started the fire at that time? Because he thought he was closest to shore by that point? Uh, maybe. All we can do is speculate. If he's the one that started it, like, why? Why did he start it to begin with? If, he, it, like, if we were to think about it for a minute, what was the point? Like, what did he gain? What did, what did he gain yeah, from kill it? Kill the captain and everybody else and probably himself. The best... The best theory I, that most people could come up with is that if he was the one that started the fire, it was all so he could just hide the fact that he killed the captain, which makes sense. Yeah, mm -hmm. so he's yeah, he likes does. doing the fire. He, he he's on a high point. He's like, you know what I like to do when I'm happy? I like to burn some stuff. Yes, but like I said, even if somehow he wasn't responsible for the fire, which I think he was. It was still just a night of nothing but tragedy. And so many times it could have been prevented. Right. And like the the hoses being disconnected, the the drills where you go out and like figure out where you need to go just in case of an emergency. Yeah. The fire uh, alarms being de deactivated. Like that's like yeah, that's what that's wild. And then when the fire, even then when the fire itself took, you know, took off, I mean, it was just like, you know, it burning through the main electrical cables. So it cut all the lights mm -hmm. and it cut power to the radio. So you couldn't, you couldn't call for any more help. And the thing is like, he couldn't control the ship anymore because it cut off controls. It's like, really? So only six out of the 12 lifeboats being used. You know what this ship is missing? Holes. Why don't we have more holes in the bottom? It I know. so much better. Let's put some holes down there. Yeah, let's just make it worse. And then just the cowardice of the crew. Like, almost none, like, so many of them just, like, F you, passengers. I'm going to save myself. Like, like you. one thing, that's one thing you can't really say anything about that, about, the like, the Titanic crew. Like, they stayed. They did their job. They did their duty. You can criticize how they did it, but in the end, they stayed on the ship. Many of them went down with the ship trying to load, do their job. They didn't may have done it as well as they should have, but still. So it doesn't surprise me that the uh, area is super haunted. Because yeah. if haunt, because because I mean, like, when it comes to paranormal activity, if it's ghosts are real, and 
They are the spirits of people who died before their time or tragically. Shit. I'd be surprised that it's not super freaking haunted. So anyway, see ya. That's thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks for listening. I'm sorry if uh, the story brought down anybody. Um, yeah, I, I guess if, if there's any morals to the story, it's maybe don't understaff and overwork the people who are in charge of everyone staying alive on a ship in the middle of the sea. Yeah, yeah. for real. And deactivate all the safety measures. Yeah. And don't kill your captain. And don't kill your captain. That too. I think at the end of the day, that's something most of us can agree on. And don't don't set the ship on fire. Don't kill the captain and don't because set the ship on fire. That's something I didn't talk about, but like that was the other issue was that first officer warms was held accountable because he was considered highly it was deemed he was highly inefficient for the duties that were thrust upon him and he ended up being held accountable for the loss of life so yeah i mean yeah i guess second command the buck is stopping in that area yeah so yeah don't uh don't 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 kill your captain you know don't set fires you know but hey if you uh if you somehow enjoyed this episode <laughs> somehow <laughs> Somehow, well, question one: What's wrong with you? I guess I should say <laughs> question two: not, Would you give us money? I say, if you were intrigued by this episode, you know, like if you were like, "Oh, I'm fascinated." Keep talking. Um, so yeah, uh, please like, share this episode with your friends, people you know, and uh, yeah, and, and to people you don't like because we'll <laughs> depress the hell out of them. Yeah, you're all like, I hate Tom. I'm going to tell him about this episode so he'll cry himself to sleep. You jackass. Um, but yeah, as James was saying too, you can also join our Patreon. Um, it's $2 a month. And with that, you get access to our Discord where you can chat with Which us. Which is considerably less depressing. Just a note. <laughs> Email us your spooky stories at littlepodcasthorrors at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. TikTok and Instagram as well. Love that little Tick. podcast or you could find us on TikTok. TikTok. I almost said the Tiki Talks, which is what we the say over talks. here. So hey, <laughs> the Tiki Talks. You can find us on the Tiki Talk here. Whatever the hell that app's called. I don't know. The Tiki Talk. Yeah, the Tik Tacks. Whatever. The Talk Talk. And with that, um, yeah, thanks for joining us, and uh, happy Halloween, guys, if you celebrate Halloween. Whatever I'm... Halloween you're having, chances are it's a lot better than the time the guys had on that boat. Yep. Yeah. So, definitely. So, uh, until then, you know, yeah, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs> depress you next time. We'll depress you next time. We'll keep it. We'll try to lighten things up for the next episode. Standards. Yeah. Anyway, the lessons we learned. Also, bye. Oh, it's Halloween.